0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Detectives. Before we do get started, I do want to let you know this program is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and I particularly want to thank Haskell for his support. He became a Patreon supporter at the Shamus level, which is a monthly donation of $4 or more. You can become a Patreon supporter at patreon.greatdetectives.net, and you can also give a one-time donation at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Ellery Queen, the original air date, December the 4th of 1947, The title, The Man in the Street.
1: Ellery Queen. In the interest of a safer American home, a happier American community, a more united state, the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Ellery Queen. I dedicate this program to the fight against crime.
2: Not merely crimes of violence and crimes of dishonesty, but crimes of intolerance, discrimination, and bad citizenship. Crimes against America.
1: The American Broadcasting Company presents a new series in the career of Ellery Queen, celebrated fighter of crime. As usual, Ellery invites you to match wits with him as he relates the mystery. And before revealing the solution, he gives you a chance to solve it. Tonight, Ellery's guest armchair detective who will represent you home armchair detectives is the prominent radio and motion picture actor, Gerald Moore. And now, here's Ellery Queen himself, your host for the next half hour. Thank you, Paul Masterson, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Tonight, we tell you the story of a man who was surrounded by enemies, 10,000 of them. I call it the man in the street. Kill
3: him! I'm not tickling you, Marner. This is a frisk. Stand still. I'm, I'm a little nervous, Sergeant. He's a little nervous, Inspector.
4: Uh-huh.
3: It's that, that crowd outside. Stand still, Marner. Oh, why don't you chase them away? Where's
4: my brother, Joel? Why didn't Joel come home from our office tonight? Because he was smarter than you, Elias.
3: Oh, leaving me to face this, this mob alone. Pickle, ain't they? Marners, stand still. Yes,
4: Elias. Only a few days ago, the man in the street was calling you his benefactor. You and your brother had a great idea, Elias. Build a model town, Marna City. Cheap, good housing, co-op stores, fine schools and playgrounds for the kids, a great modern hospital. everything shared by the community. Utopia, for Joe Dokes. No wonder they were giving you and your brother testimonial dinners. Oh, please. They'll try to break in here. There's only that window stand between... Stand still, Marna. How many people did you and Joel rope in, Elias? Ten thousand from this area alone, wasn't it?
3: Ten thousand suckers. Are you gonna stand still?
4: But Mana City turned out to be some rotten marshland in a Long Island swamp. Those ten thousand investors will never see a cent. Wiped out, Elias. Only it came out too soon, didn't it? They're throwing rocks. They're going to break this. That one almost hit me. Inspector, you've got to get me out of here. Through that mob. We'll wait for the reserves, Elias. They'll they'll tear me to pieces. If it'll make you feel any
3: better.
4: Lock the shutters. Lock them.
3: Okay, Inspector. His wallet, papers, jewelry, everything. Even a small change.
4: you better get him ready. Where's that butler? Butler? Yes, sir? Uh, come in here. Yes, sir. Inspector Queen, sir. I'm just an employee. Yes, I'm sure you... Yes, yes. You've got nothing to worry about. Get Elias Marner's hat and call. Well? Go on. Whom are you staring at? Why,
2: Mr. Marner, you're frightened. Didn't you hear the inspector? The voice of the people. How you and your brother used to laugh at them. Suckers, you call them. And now the suckers don't make you laugh anymore, Mr. Marner.
4: Get my hat and coat!
3: Mr. Marner, sir. Get your own hat and coat. Take that, Mr. Marner, sir. I, I'll,
4: I'll get my things myself.
3: They're just in the hall out here.
4: Too bad his brother smelled a rat feeling and took a powder before we could grab him.
3: Look at this roll I just took off Elias, Inspector.
4: Chicken feed... Joel's got the real poke, I'm afraid. They're really getting ugly out there. Hey, Marner, hurry up. I said, Marner, hurry up. There's the reserves. This is our chance.
3: Marner, where are you? Marner! Marner! Inspector! Marner! Not, not all, really.
4: Hey, you, butler. Where'd Marner go? You see him? Why, yes, sir. He went to the rear, the kitchen. That's fine, Out in the kitchen. That back over, Veeley, it's open.
3: Alley. Runs right through to the side street, Inspector. He got away, like his brother.
4: Send out a general alarm.
5: I see, okay.
3: Inspector, was there Nothing, Veeley. That...
5: But I don't understand it. Where can he be?
3: I don't get it myself. I frisked him dry. Elias didn't have a red scent on him when he gave us the slip, Miss Porter. A
5: man needs money in New York.
3: Especially one on the lam. Unless Inspector Elias and Joel had fixed up a meeting place beforehand, and Joel had plenty of moolah. I don't think so. It happened so quickly. Then maybe a friend. They ain't got a friend in the Western Hemisphere, Miss Porter. And well, any relatives. Blast it! Covering every car, road, bridge,
4: tunnel, railroad station, airport. the City's sealed tight. But where is he? Ellery. Huh? Two cop men floating around the city with 10,000 yowling suckers after their highs,
3: and you sit
4: in your spine in my office reading the morning paper.
5: Aren't you interested,
3: Ellery? In saving the on his lives, Nicky? Oh, yes. Well, don't sound so sincere, Maestro. They're hardly worth the effort. No, I disagree, Sergeant. Saving their lives is one of the most important jobs you'll ever be called on to do. Why, Maestro? Keep a couple of high binders from getting what's coming to them so they can lay around in the cell for a few years and think up some more you... angles?
2: Oh, Sergeant, the, uh... The monas didn't merely steal money. They stole hopes, plans, years of hard work and the part of a lot of ordinary people. They stole Johnny Doe's first payment of the house, Mabel Brown's wedding money, the operation that Bill Smith's wife may need a year from now. That's why the monas must be kept alive, Sergeant. Kept alive to give back that house and that trousseau and that operation. Oh, by the way, Dad, seen this ad in the personals column? What ad?
5: Let me see. It's addressed to dear Dot. Dot. I suppose that's short for Dottie or Dorothy. And sign dash.
4: Dot dash? Who cares? I want the Marner Brothers.
3: Dot dash. Dot dash.
5: Hey, that's the basis of the Morse
4: code.
3: Calligraphy? So what, maestro?
4: I believe the Marner Brothers used to be telegraph operators. A code, a hidden message. Read that ad, Nicky.
5: Dear Dot, sorry, had to run off before get-together if P.X. Jones will engage room at Haven Hotel between 2 and 4 this afternoon... We'll contact him there to arrange export details. Dash.
3: It's from Joel Marner to Elias. Joel must have read in the late extras last night that Elias escaped.
5: Without a sense. Not knowing where Elias is hiding, Joel puts this ad in the paper.
3: To get Brother Rat to come to the Haven Hotel under the alias of P.X. Joel. Where Joel will join Elias and arrange export
2: details For both of them.
5: They're going to skip the country.
2: I believe that's what Joel had in mind, Nicky.
4: All we have to do is watch the Haven Hotel. Keep an eye on Elias when he checks in as P.X. Jones this afternoon, and wait for Joel to contact him.
3: Cinch, Billy. Maybe not, Inspector. The Haven's like Grand Central—a thousand rooms, crowds pouring in and out all day. Even if we spot him, Elias knows our pusses. He'd run like a rabbit. Maybe we'd lose him again,
4: and Joel too. Yeah, uh, well, yet I don't feel like trusting this one to the boys. Our spotter has to be somebody smart, somebody the miners don't know. Somebody who can keep him alive long enough for, for us to get him safely in
2: a cell. Ellery! Hey. What do you say, sir? I would consider it a privilege.
3: Hey, but How oh. much longer are you going to
2: park in my hatch here? My friend ought to be along any minute now, driver. And it's your dough. Hey,
1: Hey, what do you think of this Marner deal? Look at here. Look
5: at hey. them mushes
2: in the paper, the dirty crooks. Ellery. No, Nicky. The Mana brothers? All oh, the cops will catch them.
1: Yeah, they better work
5: fast.
6: Why? What do you mean, driver? Yeah,
1: there's an awful lot of people in this town got hooked, lady. If one of the
3: victims spotted those crooks... <laughs> hey, stupid! Oh, you fuck, Vanessa! So hey,
1: get
6: that
3: He's out of the way! Oh, yeah! yeah. Ellery, I do
5: I you suppose that's why Elias hasn't shown up at the haven here?
2: Could be. He knows he's surrounded by enemies. Ten thousand of them. Might be too scared to come out of hiding.
5: Imagine not knowing who your enemies are. Might be a newsboy, a stenographer, even a policeman. Anybody on the street. Wait, Nikki. What's the matter?
2: That old man shuffling toward the hotel entrance. Where? Right there.
5: Bundled up to the ears. Dark glasses. Hat pulled down over his eyes.
2: Several days' growth of beard. Nikki. That's Elias Marna. But He's
5: carrying a suitcase, Ellery. He had no money. It's
2: an old piece of junk, Nikki. Might have picked it up. Here he comes.
5: Ellery. That fat woman with the shopping bag, she's going to stop him.
2: Keep back, Nicky. I may have to jump out.
5: Sorry, mister, but uh, excuse uh, me. What? Uh, huh? uh, Could you be telling me which way to the subway? Oh, uh, that way. Oh, it's... Wow. A second I thought that woman was going... There he goes, into the haven.
2: In Drive up! Drive up. up! Yeah, yeah, what is it, mister? Here you are. Keep the change. Come on, Nicky. But you Can see you see him, Ella? Calm down, Nicky. There he goes.
3: He's heading for the desk.
2: Is he, Nicky? Maybe he's not alive. He is if he registers as P.X. Jones. No, no. Stop right here, Nicky. Pretend to be looking at the magazine. Yes,
4: sir. I, uh, I want a room, please. Yes, sir. Single and uh, back. Do so you have a reservation for me? Uh, what's the name, sir? P.X. Jones.
2: Ellery. Read that magazine, Nicky. P.X.
4: Jones. Jones. Why, no, Mr. Jones. We have no reservation listed for you. Oh. Well, give me a room. Any room. Uh. Register here, please. Yes, 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 of course. You know, you're lucky at that. A convention just checks. I out don't want I... conversation room, Clerk. Where's my room? Oh, yes, sir. France. Yes, sir? 1409, boy. Here's the key. Yes, sir. I'll take you back, sir. All right. Elevators right this
0: way. Not yet, Nikki.
2: All right. Now. <laughs>
3: Fourteen
5: floor, watch the step, please. Thank you.
3: Nicky? Thank you. 1409,
2: wasn't it? Yes. Just yes, to the left, I think. Oh, there, Nicky. Bellboy just came out. Wait.
5: Why the... Ellery, he's putting his ear to the door.
2: Here, you, boy. What do you think you're doing? Huh?
3: Oh. Hey. You see that old crumb I just brought up to 1409? Yes. Know who I think he is? Elias Marner. Oh, he couldn't be. <laughs> of
2: course not. Press the elevator button, will you, dear? Right, right. I tell you, he is. I just heard that Mona was seen heading for Mexico.
3: Horse feathers. I tell you, that guy looks just like the newspaper photos of Elias Marner.
2: I wouldn't spread that story around, young fellow. You might get a harmless old man
5: into a lot of trouble. Yeah, but gosh, he
3: sure looks like him. Going down, please. Yeah, Joe. Say, hey, Joe, you know that old boy I just brought?
5: Not so good, Ellery. He'll talk.
2: Yes. Mickey, I'll watch 1409 you run over to that hotel across the street, the Universal. Dad and Vili are waiting in the lobby there. Tell them to join me up here right away.
4: So in a case like this, I always go to the manager.
2: The top. Can you do it? Well, Inspector, I... Uh... Just a moment. Give me the desk. Naturally, hotels aren't crazy about this sort of thing. Hello, Desk. Uh, Manager speaking. Is 1407 occupied? Then how about 1411? Hold 1411 open. All right, Inspector Queen. You can watch 1409 from 1411. It's next door. Thanks a lot. There wouldn't be a communicating door between them, would there? Why, yes. It used to be a two-room suite. Couldn't be better.
4: I want the key to 1411, manager, and also the key to the door between the two
2: rooms. And uh, keep this under your hat, please. Naturally, Mr. Queen. But tell me, is it true this man Jones in 1409 is... Elias Marner. Huh? Marner. One of my bellboys <laughs> claims he is. Nothing so exciting. I wish he were. Now, get me the keys, huh? Yes,
4: I'll be glad to you. Yeah, you should have strangled that bellhop, Ellery. Must yes. be all over the hotel by this time. In a half hour, it'll be all over New York. Well, we can't take Elias away from here either. Not if we expect to nab Joel, too. Yeah, maybe it'll work out. With Zeely and the squad covering the 14th floor, you and me in 1411 listing it. Where
2: are you going, son? To so have a little talk first with the chief operator of the hotel.
6: You want to be notified the second there's a phone call to or from 1409. Is that it, Mr. Queen?
2: That's it, operator.
6: We'll be in 1411.
2: Not you, Nicky. You'll be oh, in... Here's
6: 1409 now.
2: See what Jones wants, operator. Uh,
6: yes, sir. Yes, please. This
2: is B X Jones in
4: fourteen o nine. Have there been any phone calls for me, operator?
6: Um, well, um, uh, phone messages are sent to your room box at the desk, Mr. Jones. But I
4: just spoke to the desk. They said there's no message in my box.
6: Then I'm sorry, Mr. Jones. If there'd been a call, you either have got it directly or found a message in your box. Oh yes, yes,
4: yes. Well, uh, ring me here
6: in fourteen o nine the moment I get a call. Do you understand? Yes, Mr. Jones.
2: <laughs> operator. How late are you on duty?
6: Well, all the day shifts in the hotel are from noon to 8 p.m., Mr. Queen.
2: Then I'm leaving Miss Porter here with you.
6: Doing what? Yes,
2: Nicky. You can operate a switchboard, and this young lady can arrange to leave you in charge when she goes off duty tonight. The fewer who know about this, the better. Now, remember, operator, I'm relying on you to keep this Jones business absolutely hush-hush.
6: Oh, I won't tell anybody, Mr. Queen. I realize that Mr. Minor. Monner... Oh. Oh, I, I mean, Mr. Jones mustn't know he's being watched. Oh, uh, pardon me. Hotel Haven, good afternoon.
2: Ellery, she's heard the rumor, too. Well, you keep her from shooting off her mouth, Nikki. I'll be in 1411 with Dad. Oh. that door since he phoned room service
4: for some food. He just keeps walking around in there like a caged weasel, Ellery. Yeah. What time is it, Dad? Six. Why
2: no word from his brother? I don't understand
4: it. Unless Joe's got cold feet, or some of these bling rumors got to his ears. Ellery, take another look at another card. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Not a thing. Oh, yes. Here comes a hotel waiter pushing a table. Must be that chow Elias ordered. A little wider, son.
4: Okay, Dad.
3: Sir, mm. could
4: that waiter be Joel Moner in
2: disguise? No, no, Dad. No. Too short. Shh.
4: Yes. Who is it? In the waiter. Oh, food I ordered. Just leave it outside my doorway, wait. I'll, I'll take it in myself. Well, I I got to collect, sir. Put it on my bill. Well, then you got to sign for it. Oh. Oh yes. Yes. Oh, it. One second. All right, waiter, quickly. It's true what they say. You are a item minor. No, no, waiter. You're mistaken. a mistake. I'm making no mistake. I don't know. Uh,
3: I'm making a break for him, Dad. Can't lose him again. Billy! Break uh, uh, What's the matter? Uh, hey! Sergeant, help me. All right, he break it up. A break minor. it up. The group. Let that fool waiter's tongue uh, get uh, them uh, both uh, in my room. Quick. Uh, stop it, Mona. In here, both of you. In um, I don't that's it, Mara. Let me go. Don't kill me. Nobody's killing you, Mona. Sit down.
4: Waiter. Yes, please.
3: We're Police.
4: This is not Elias Marner.
3: He's Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. You understand? You forget this. Don't shoot off your mouth.
4: Capish? <laughs> yes. You see, yes. Pass them along to
3: the boys. It's home. Come on.
6: Yeah.
4: Well, Marner, now that the cat's out of the bag. We may as well keep you company here till your brother shows up. Yes,
6: yes. Only don't leave me. You don't know what it's been like. Man can face anything when he knows who's after him, but this, me, there are thousands after me. Oh, don't, don't let them get me.
4: Oh, then you'll play ball alive. You'll help us grab your brother when he contacts
6: Oh, anything, Inspector. Anything only. Don't let them get me.
4: Oh, that's a mighty fine spirit, isn't it, Ellery? Where's Joel?
2: Where is Joel? <laughs> ellery it makes me tired just to look at you what time is it now dad
4: yeah, ten minutes to nine you wait a while longer you're not
6: going to leave me
2: would just about serve you right a liar why doesn't joel call why doesn't he fo- the phone in
4: 1411
2: Nicky's from the switchboard
3: nicky just got a call on the board for px
5: jones not even sure it's a man's voice all muffled.
2: uh-huh ellery
5: what'll i do
2: tell him you're trying to reach mr jones nicky Meanwhile, ring operator and have her trace the call. I'll hold on here. Dad? Joel, Mama? I think so. My my brother? Elias, when that phone in 1409 rings, you answer and stall. Do you understand? Hold your brother on the line. Try to find out where he's calling from. I, I'll do my best. Nicky? Yes, all right. Having the call traced? Yes. Good. Now ring 1409. Back in the other room, Elias. Very well. I'll do as you say. Now, if he won't say where he is, Elias, get him to come to the Haven. All right. Now, answer it. Yes, yes, I...
4: Hello, You'll have to speak up. I, you'll have to speak loud. I,
6: I can't it's hear you. Steely, shut up. You're That's Joel Marner that calling.
3: Oh yeah, where's he calling from? Slab Eight. What are you talking about, Sergeant? Joel Marner's body's oh, been fished out of the East River. Why? What are you? What are sure are you sure you that? Heard me. Three rifle That's slugs that. in him, rubbed That's out. That. Joel's been dead at least forty-eight hours. Dead, forty-eight oh, hours. Yes, yes now.
4: And who put that ad in no, this morning's paper?
2: Yes,
3: yes. Who's that on yes, the phone? That is a trick. Marlon, drop that phone.
2: Get away from that window. What, Mr. Queen, you right. i from a
4: window of the hotel across the street. Billy, get over there and grab the sniper, right? Ellery,
3: is Elias is dead. dead.
4: All we know is we found a smoking rifle in this room at the Universal Hotel, under an open window. Same gun that killed Joel Marner night before last. Killer got away before my
5: boys could cross over here from the Haven. Now
4: lay off and let us walk, will you?
5: Inspector, it wasn't anybody's fault.
4: From this 14th floor window, the killer had a perfect view of Marner's window on the 14th floor of the Haven. Across that narrow street. Uh, uh, You could have plugged Elias with this rifle, Nicky. Whoa,
2: whoa, slow down, Dad. Nicky's right. No one could have foreseen this. The killer must have trailed Joel Marner two nights ago from his office, shot him, and dumped him into the river.
5: Then he must have gone gunning for Elias, but by that time, Elias had escaped and disappeared.
4: Somehow this killer found out. Maybe from something on Joel's body that the uh, brothers used the code words dot and dash for a secret communication.
5: So he got the idea of luring Elias out of hiding by placing that ad in the paper as if from Joel.
2: Yes, and when Elias fell for the trick and checked into the haven, the killer simply waited for nightfall, drew Elias to the phone at his window by calling from this room at the Universal. A clever touch, that. And then when he was sure it was Elias on the phone, simply shot him from across the street and made his escape. But who, son? No clue in this rifle? a Hawk shop job.
4: Killer must have brought it in dismantled in this suitcase we found here. But the suitcase is also a pickup. There's not a print in the room or a single witness who saw the killer after he checked in. Come on,
3: Come on give it hey, let, let me through Oh, here. really? Inspector. Yes. Really? Here, here, you I find got... find out his... anything else? Yeah, I got his hotel registration card, Inspector. Now, give me.
2: When did he check into the Universal, Dad?
4: Uh, on the stamp day down here. Same night he bumped Joel two nights ago. As who? J J Jones, Chicago, in block letters. Cost of course, it's a phoney.
5: But there must be a description. The bellboy who carried this bag up here.
4: What's on that, Billy?
3: Description, sort of short. Bellhop says, or maybe not so short. Age around twenty-five to fifty. Wore dark glasses. Sort of medium-colored hat and coat. Hat pulled over his eyes. Held a handkerchief over his mouth when he talked. Bellhop remembers him fine. Well, that
5: might be anybody, even a woman dressed up as a man.
4: Any one of the 10,000 victims of the miner's con game blasted.
3: What do we do now, Inspector? Start checking 10,000 alibis? I don't think, Sergeant, that's going to be necessary. You don't?
4: What other way is there? Now, I suppose, son, you pick the killer of the Minor brothers out of the
5: whole city of New York, just like that.
2: It's one of the people we met in the course of the investigation. It
5: is? Well, how do you know? And what people? Whom have we met? A butler. A taxi driver? A woman on the street?
3: Some hotel employees? Room
5: clerk, manager, waiter, telephone operator, bellboy... Elevator man. Oh, come off it, Ellery.
3: We didn't even get their name. We don't even know if any of them was a victim of the swindle, maestro. Just the same, I know exactly who murdered the Marner brothers. (laughs)
2: ladies and gentlemen, you have the mystery. Now, suppose you home armchair detectives and our guest in the studio compare solutions. Nicky, will you do the honors?
5: Gladly, Ellery. Our guest tonight is Mr. Gerald Moore, the prominent wolf. Nicky, (laughs) is that nice? (laughs) No, but it's true, Ellery. Mr. Moore plays the title role of the Lone Wolf in the Columbia Picture Series of the same name.
2: Uh, thanks for the explanation, Nikki. I hate to have anybody get the wrong idea. <laughs> well, I know radio microphones are no new experience to you, Jerry. You also play the part of Bill Lance and the adventures of Bill Lance over ABC every Sunday, don't you? Yeah, that's right, Ellery. We do our share of tracking down criminals, too. Good. Now, suppose you draw upon your experience as a clue chaser. Uh-oh. And uh, well, it has to be done. <laughs> and expose the killer in tonight's mystery. Tell me now, who killed the Mona brothers? Well, uh, your solution was incomplete. You see, I'm alibying myself in advance. Oh, I see. But well, my uh, solution has not yet been offered. So... Uh, no, that's, that's, that's what I mean.
3: I have two favorite uh, suspects.
2: Tell me quickly now. Yeah, please.
3: I have the butler and the bellhop.
2: All right. Thank you very Good. much, Mr. Moore. You'll find out in just a moment if your solution is the correct one. Now, here is Paul Masterson.
1: Save wheat, save meat, save the peace. This, in simple terms, is the slogan adopted for the World Food Emergency Campaign. We live or realize here in America the rather grave food crisis in the majority of countries throughout the world, a world food crisis that could easily precipitate another major conflict among nations, because the seeds of discontent are forerunners of intolerance among nations and are greatly influenced by hunger and malnutrition. A healthy, properly educated nation breeds healthy, intelligent minds, minds that work in unison for a better understanding of world problems and world peace. Each individual in this great country of ours is an integral part of the whole scheme of things. Your responsibility now may avert an irresponsible act in the future. Your part as an individual may seem small and inadequate compared to the greatness of the task ahead of us. But it is to you, Mr. and Mrs. America, that a world struggling in the agonies of hunger and despair looks for hope. Think over this slogan, save wheat, save meat, save the peace and you'll begin to realize the pressing need for food conservation at home, a conservation that will help make world security a reality today.
3: How can you pick one what guy on It's logical.
2: Now, what do we know about those two hotel rooms involved? The room the killer checked into at the Universal and Elias Marner's room at the Haven. Hmm? Well, we know that both rooms are on the 14th floor of their respective hotels, that their windows face each other across a narrow street. In fact, that the killer's room commands a perfect view of Elias' room, as you yourself pointed out that. Yeah? Now, could that have been chance? Accident? Oh, hardly. Obviously, the ideal relation of these two hotel rooms to each other was a planned element of the killer's plot. And that tells us who the killer is. Not me, it don't. Well, that's, Sergeant, plus one other fact... Which room was hired first, the killer's or Elias Mona's?
4: Killer's registration card indicated he checked into this room at the Universal two nights ago.
5: And we saw Elias check into the Haven this afternoon, Ellery.
2: So the killer's room was hired first. But if the killer checked into this room two nights before Marner checked into the one across the street, how could he know in advance that Marner was going to draw a room at the Haven on the corresponding floor? A room from which Marner would be a perfect target. Sir. Sure. In other words, how was the killer able to control Marner's getting room 1409 in the Haven Hotel? Uh, maybe
3: he reserved 1409 for Marner.
5: No, he didn't, Sergeant. We actually heard Elias Marner ask at the desk if a room had been reserved for him, and the clerk said no.
3: But if there was no reservation, it's
4: impossible, Ellery. When a tranchant walks into a hotel, there's only one person controls the room he gets.
2: The man behind the desk. The room clerk, maestro. Exactly.
1: The room clerk!
2: Undoubtedly one of the 10,000 victims of the Marner Swindle. And the present repository of all that stolen money. Well, it's another example of the folly of taking the law into your own hands. And it's going to land Mr. Room Clerk in the usual place. And there, ladies and gentlemen, you have the solution to our mystery... Thank you again, Mr. Gerald Moore, for occupying our guest detective's armchair this evening. And as mementos of the occasion, I have for you a copy of my latest mystery anthology, The Queen's Awards, 1947, and a subscription to Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. Ellery, don't go away. Huh? Oh, Paul, what's the matter?
1: Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, fella, and maybe it's none of my business, but how long has that yum-yum girl, Nikki Porter, been your secretary? Nikki? Oh, quite a while, Paul. Why? Maybe it's news to you, Ellery, but I'm told your friends out there are sort of worried. Worried about what? About what gives with you and Nicky, son. You two don't seem to be getting anywhere. Oh. <laughs>
2: um, oh, Nicky. Yes, Ellery? Uh, as a special favor to Paul, Nicky, would you announce the title of next week's case?
5: Oh, yes. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, Ellery Queen presents the case of... Nikki Nicky Porter. Right.
2: This is Ellery Queen saying good night until next week and enlisting all Americans every night and every day in the fight against bad citizenship, bigotry, and discrimination, the crimes which are weakening America. <laughs>
1: Names used on this program were fictitious and do not refer to real people, either living or dead. Among the members of tonight's cast were Larry Dobkin, Virginia Gregg, Alan Reed, Herb Butterfield, Ruth Parrott, Jack Lewis, Charlie Seal, Peter Leeds, Paul Freeze, and Jane Avello. Music was by Rex Corey. Direction by Dick Woolen. <laughs> This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. This is Andrew Rines
2: with OTRWesterns.com, where we stream live old time radio westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with a special twist. You select the tracks that get to be played. We've got a thousand different episodes from shows like Gunsmoke, Tales of the Texas Rangers, Escape, Gene Autry, and many more. Come check us out at otrwesterns.com live. Again, that's otrwesterns.com live. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old Time Radio
0: with Adam Graham. And now, let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, there have been few murderers. Given less characterization than Mr. Room Clerk. But in defense of the show, when you have 10,000 suspects, it can be hard to fully flesh out every single one of them. And I did find the concept and just the suspense of the show as to what was going to happen interesting. And I do find this whole format... Uh, Of the ABC version very intriguing because we're not getting to find out even the exact crime that we're being uh, going to solve at the beginning rather the crime happens towards the end and we have to have been paying really close attention to solve it and certainly that is a challenge. Also, I really hope listeners appreciated the Easter egg of our armchair detective as Gerald Moore. True, he didn't come up with the right solution, but I doubt anyone would have. Of course, Moore was known for the Lone Wolf films, and he even did star in a Lone Wolf radio program, though the episodes with him in the lead are missing. We definitely do need to get around to the Lone Wolf one of these days. Also, I wish we had the program they played on December 11th of 1947 with the uh, Nicky Porter. I guess it was Virginia Gregg's, uh, fate to play long-suffering secretary slash wannabe love interest, uh, also playing a similar role with Brooksy in, uh, Let George Do It, though Brooksy's a stronger character to be sure. Also, I do want to let listeners know I've received some uh, requests to be armchair detectives, and I have those, and I will, uh, email you hopefully the week before uh, you're needed. I know that we will need at least one more uh, group and what we will do is I'll send out a notification to everyone who has asked to be an armchair detective and it'll basically be first come first serve the top two. So watch your email. And now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and we have this from Lawrence, who writes, Lawrence Dopkin was such a staple of old-time radio. Indeed he was, Lawrence, and thanks so much for the comments. All right, well, that will uh, do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, and then join us again next Tuesday for another episode of Ellery Queen. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.